1: great to be back with you folks we certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our lord and savior jesus christ serving him with a fervent spirit boiling over i want you to know sitting next to me boiling over with a fervent Mm -hmm. spirit is brother kevin good morning kevin
2: good morning sir how are you man i'm boiling over the boiling love of god is it, it says uh fervent in spirit uh serving the lord and i'm just so thankful
1: man we serve a great god and, and i'm telling you folks we we need to be fervent which actually means boiling over and mm. and so you know these are easy okay these riddles are easy we might look for some harder ones as we move forward <laughs> uh but here we are in the fourth grade riddles it's a brand new list and i was creative so adam wouldn't be alone the way that god made me was by using adam's rib bone Who am I? Well, I like
2: these poems. I would have to say it would be Eve.
1: Folks, can I tell you something, man? He is just nailing this new set of things. Good for
2: my stats. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it makes him feel good about himself. (laughs) You know, we've been doing all these self things, like self-conscious, self-reflective, self self this, self that. And uh, we've been saying some are bad, some are good. It's always good to take an examination of yourself. But as we continue to move forward, we do have a new self thing for you, self-reflective. And as you probably already guessed, we're, we're kind of... Uh, hitting a lot of the same areas, and that's okay. I think God really wants to bring home some of these things. So this week we've spoken about having a self-awareness, having a self-knowledge, having a self-retrospective, having a self-consciousness, and today we're looking at self-reflective, being somebody. Now, this isn't the conscious crazy thing where you're living, you're going through it. Self-reflective in a way is a good thing. I think that has more of a godly tone to it. I think it has more of a godly overtone or undertone to it where you reflect on things you've done. Uh, We used to have like an EER where we'd get together right after we got done and we would talk in the army after a mission and we'd sit around and, and, and would ask ourselves, how did it go? What went great? What went bad? What can we do better next time? Did you feel like any man or woman was in danger? Do you feel like anybody's security or safety would always sit down and work out what we did in a mission? So when we do this self-reflective thing, we're not beating ourselves up. This is that time where it should be God reflection. We're reading the word of God. We're praying. Kevin said yesterday that, you know, before my day starts, I need to wake up and be in the word of God. I need to talk to him. He needs to talk to me. I need to get my heart and head right. I'm doing the same thing at 630 in the morning, man. And i god's words playing i'm reading it's uh, uh it's got to be done because god helps me reflect on who i am i need that mirror called the holy spirit and in the bible we reminded of 2 corinthians 13 we covered this once in verse number five examine yourselves we don't i don't want to beat this up but i do want to say as we come out of this week we need to be in the mode of examining ourselves whether we be in the faith prove our own selves know ye not your own selves how that jesus Christ in you, except you be reprobate. So God wants us to reflect. He wants us in 1 John 1, 9 to confess our sins. He's faithful to forgive them. We reflect, we repent on the things we've done uh, so we can have a great day in the Lord. That's where Kevin's speaking of, where he's saying, man, I need to pump God into me. And and God cleanse us of that unrighteousness, Kevin.
2: Yes, sir. God cleanses You know, Just thinking about this thing of trauma and self-reflection, it seems like when you go through junk, Doug, the the mirror gets broken, and you suddenly see yourself as, you know, I'll be honest with you, there's some people that have been through abuse oftentimes struggle with seeing themselves. You know, someone's abused them. For instance, a narcissist has so gaslighted them, they don't see themselves as any good and then there's people that have been abused and what they did is they went the other way and they said, well, I tell you what, there ain't a thing wrong with me. And they can't take any, any counsel. They can't take any advice. They can't take any, so they end up being alone on an Island. But, um, <clears throat> we have, a. We have uh, a new kind of mirror, you know. In the in the Bible, there, the Bible does speak doesn't use the word mirror, but but for instance, water. When you look in water, the Bible says, "As in water, face answereth to face; so the heart of man to man." So it you know you look in the water and you see reflection. Face answereth to face. Just look at it. <clears throat> in the temple, they 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 took the looking glasses of the women and made the laver. And, and and so there was this water, which which kind of magnified what they saw in the mirrors that were lining the bottom of this basin, and, and it was so that the priests could look into it before they go and minister in the uh, in the sanctuary and and see if there was any blemish. And you know, self reflection would be good to to do that way. And just just take the mirror. Well, what's the mirror? According to the Bible, the mirror is God's word. It says, but. Um, in the, in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians, but we all with open face behold as in a glass um, the glory of the Lord and are changed in, into that image from glory to glory. So there we can see a couple things. One thing is that the word of God is a mirror. You know, when I got saved, I was alone in my bedroom with the Bible, and I said, God, I remember, I said, God, what is wrong with me? I was miserable. I was miserable. Somebody gave me a Bible. And then that person who was my girlfriend went on vacation. She was writing letters back how happy she was. And she was without me. And, you know, that wasn't, I wasn't (laughs) happy about that. Especially when she said, I met this nice guy and we're having a good time at the beach together. Why she wrote that, I'll never know. But I was eaten up with jealousy by that point. So I just took the Bible that she had given me. I said, God, I've never talked to you before other than, you know, help me. But, what's wrong with me? And boy, everywhere I looked in the scriptures, it was saying, you're a sinner. You're the problem. You're the problem. The Face answered the faith. Your face is full of blemishes. You are a sinner. And um, I eventually just fell under conviction and got on my knees in my bedroom and said, God, this book says I'm the problem. I'm the sinner. You love sinners. You died for sinners. If you want to come into my heart, I'm ready Save me, Uncle! Save me! I say, Uncle, you know, and God chicken winged me, and uh boy, I got saved. So, the reflection, you know, it says in the book of James that um, he that looketh into the perfect law of liberty and doeth not the things that are contained therein is like he that seeth his natural face in a glass, and uh, right goeth his right goeth his way, and and uh, forgeteth the things that he saw. So. We need to look at God's word and say, you know what, God, you're showing me, and this is the trustworthy reflection. Now, by the way, Satan uses the Bible just because it's in the Bible. You know, go do thou likewise, Uh, Judas hanged himself. That's not reflection. It's got to be a sound reflection. So let's let God show us the
1: real reflection. Praise him. So we continue on with the life of Christ. We're in John chapter 8, where we, we decided when we did this study, we weren't going to do an exegetical verse by verse, but we we're going to look at a group of verses. And uh, we know that our audience is like us. They just want to have a devotional type of thing. And we continue on with that. And boy, is, is God helping us with that. As we continue on, we find ourselves starting in verse number 54, the book of John chapter 8. It says, Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and thou hast seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by." They kept freaking out. They're saying, what are you saying Abraham saw you? You're not even 50 years old. You're not even at a place right now um, where there's no way you could have known Abraham. Abraham is, was, you know, centuries ago. And uh, uh, but again, Jesus prioritizes God's approval over his own self glorification. And, and folks, I know we've been driving home this message in chapter eight over and over again, but this is a significant one that we got to carry with us wherever we go. God's approval and honor should be about what we're doing and why we're doing it. We're doing it for God's approval. We're doing it to bring honor to Him. Our lives, our marriages, our relationships, our. our Our interpersonal relationships, those people we deal with, our church life, should all bring honor and glory to Christ. If we're not, we're missing the boat. And, uh, uh, you know, it's all about God. It's all about bringing him honor. It's all about the approval of Uh, from him not from us it's and it's all about knowing God intimately and that's what Christ is talking about is listen I'm talking about the God I know and I knew Abraham I've always been here I was there in the beginning in the beginning you ever look we read that in John 1 1 and uh, God's always been there he's been there since the beginning look for his approval look for his honor know him intimately and listen folks we'll be right back go and hang with us I love that Jesus stands up in front of them and he uses that eternal divine nature word. He says, I am. (laughs) He's he's the great I am. That freaked him out. He said, you know, I'm not a human prophet. You guys are looking at me like I'm some kind of human prophet. I'm not that. I'm God, I am, I have a divine nature, I'm from the Father, I'm from the God uh, that you're talking about, I'm not a human prophet, I am God incarnate, and, and folks, that's what I am means, God incarnate, he, not, and I say God, that's that whole a Bostonian Mm -hmm. thing. I got to apologize for that, but God and, and, and Jesus is talking about, you know, we got to have faith in God's promises and, and, and folks, I'll tell you, there's lessons here. There's a lot of lessons here. And, and those lessons again, are our lives are about bringing Mm -hmm. honor and glory to our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Our lives are about letting the Lord shine his light through us. There's no darkness in him at all, but we find ourselves in those dark, weird, crazy places because we're not looking at God as the I am, the incarnate one, the eternal one, the one that's got our backs, the one that can take us to that next place. We serve that God, folks. I, I don't know about you, but that just fires me up. And and, and Kevin, we serve the great I am.
2: <laughs> yes, all of these I am's in the scriptures <clears throat> that are in the Old Testament, um, from Moses at the burning bush where he first heard that tell, pharaoh and and all that crowd i am sent you i mean that's that's an obvious statement by the way later on jesus is going to say i am when the soldiers come to get him when this whole thing reaches critical mass and the soldiers actually come to take him he's going to say i am he but he you know the, the he is in italic so you know it would have been the same phraseology to them um i am, i am and that is at that point, they all fall down backward. So, what a uh, tremendous God! What a what a high and holy Lord God, Jesus Christ is. And when Jesus yeah. showed up, <laughs> they were just it it, it. it it comes to a head here at the end of John chapter eight, and it says uh, when he said before Abraham was, you know, before your hero that you trust in was, I am. So you get your pedigree from this guy, we're the children of Abraham, I am. So they pick up stones, the last verse of the chapter, to stone him. But you know, what better case could Jesus have possibly made when he said, look at me. I'm here his attitude that it came with was loving and kind his the the test the testimony that he used the evidence that he gave of who he was was not the typical cult leader the one who's coming and calling himself an end all of all strife and problems and you know the one the, the your, you know your knight in shining armor he wasn't you know it wasn't like your ships come in here I am In fact, he said in verse 54 in this passage of Scripture, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Again, he is saying, I'm not here claiming fantastic things about me. You can read between the lines, and you'll get this. And they read between the lines and said, oh, we get it, but we don't think you're him. And so they said that would mean you're a blasphemer because you're claiming that your father is honoring you as a member of the Godhead, and that just can't be. That doesn't fit our narrative. Like you said, Doug, yesterday, it's we are looking for a political leader. We're looking for someone who's going to give us honor, and we'll be directly in line under him. It's not working. We don't like it. And so we're going to kill you.
1: Yeah. When people... <laughs> Some people react to the truth in some real strange ways. Mm. And, and folks, Kevin told us a year ago or so, a while ago, uh, about how they were out on the streets and these devil worshipers, you know, just proclaiming God and singing hymns wow. and stuff like that. You know, if our hearts aren't right, and not maybe not at that level, you know, we're not going to go kill somebody. But if as Christians, if our hearts aren't right, I want to assure you of something. When I stand behind that pulpit and preach – uh, there are people in that room that just show like evil entities hanging there. You know, mm. they're just miserable. You can feel it. And I've had resistance. I've preached in churches where I'm telling you there was uh, oppression. There was demonic oppression there. and uh, uh, and And folks, you know, we don't ever want to be, we may not be demonically oppressed because we have the Holy Spirit of God within our hearts, but we can really bring down some good old-fashioned worship. Mm -hmm. We can bring down some good old-fashioned preaching and discipleship. So I think out of this, we've got to react to truth in an appropriate way, in a happy way, serving God. You know, pull out a pen and a book when you hear preaching. Write those things down, track it down. I carry a booklet with me, a, 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 a fleece, and man, I want to write everything down. I want to react to things properly. I want to hear from God. And, uh, you know, don't get too freaked out about them wanting to stone Christ. When, when his time comes, he lets happen to him what happens to him. He, he, doesn't, he's not, he doesn't have to hide. He could zap them all in a Star Trek type of way, and that's what they want. That's what the Jews want. They want them to go around zapping people, but he's giving them a chance to learn and grow, and he's going to give them that chance all the way through their lives, not only up to Golgotha or Calvary. He's going to give that to them for the rest of their life, that we serve this great and wonderful God, and, and, uh, and they all get this place, and it's about his blood. You know, what can wash away my sin, Kevin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing.
2: But the blood of Jesus. There it is. That's yeah. that's the only uh detergent of the ages in the universe that can take care of our worst problem and, and uh and God will input his his cleanness, his righteousness. It's uh the bleach, it's the detergent. But you know, uh, you know, as I look at this passage of scripture, Doug, it's so rich in the reality of of strife and problems. How do you know when it's time to bow out you know i i i I think of how jesus he pressed through you know this thing john chapter eight we're talking about 59 verses yeah it heated up and heated up and heated up culminating finally with them picking up stones but he stayed with it he did not run from the the intellectual and spiritual situation that was going on. He just walked the truth. He said, my father's honoring me, and evidently that's not good enough for you. It's good enough for me. By the way, is God the Father honoring you? It makes me wonder. I mean, he's just asking questions and putting things to them in a rhetorical way sometimes. But when it was finally said and done and they picked up stones, get his confidence here, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by that's the second time in the scriptures that i know when they picked up stones ones early in the book of luke after his first sermon the response was to pick up stones when he said this day is a scripture fulfilled in your ears uh by the way he was talking about healing people that have been traumatized And he's talking about heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. But Jesus here at this wonderful end of this passage of Scripture, he knew that the time had come. He had stayed with it. He didn't run. He didn't say, oh, no, what am I going to do? He didn't get in a bad attitude. He didn't get negative. He didn't say, "I, I don't deserve this. I didn't sign up for this. You know, God, what's happening to me? He just he didn't get that into that zone instead he said you know what uh, i can get in, my, my job here is done and he climbed in his helicopter and he left um know when it's time to climb in your helicopter and go to the next you know appointment be like uh, trust god that that you can be like um st- not Stephen. Anyway, the guy who talked to the Ethiopian eunuch, Philip. Be like the guy, Philip, who when he was done with the Ethiopian eunuch, all of a sudden he found himself somewhere else. Say, God, just use me here. I'm not going to run from this problem. There's a there's a problem here. It looks like it might come to critical mass. When it does get that bad, you know, if you're having a problem with your boss, stay with it. Be be loving as kind as possible, but you can't be more loving and kind than Jesus. When it gets to that point and it comes to a head, then say, I'm sorry. I'm just going to turn in my resignation.
1: Praise the Lord, folks. We've enjoyed having this opportunity to come across your broadcast. We hope you have a great Friday. Listen, we love you and we're praying for you. May God bless you.
0: Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us.